All right, well, welcome back to our systematic theology discussion. We are on session number nine, Knowledge of God, and kind of moving into a, a new session here. We've just recently finished up Scripture and Authority, and I forgot to pass these out, so let me pass these out real quick. Right, this time we're going to just run through kind of a rundown of what we're looking at today, and then we'll go through our, our regular handout sheet uh, with our, our overview and question and answers, and then we'll pause and, and watch our video together, and then we'll come back after that for our discussion. Um, so what are we discussing today? We're looking at uh, knowledge of God. Um, and uh, Dr. Spall in the video, he goes through saying that um, when he first founded his ministry, he said the uh, most important purpose of the ministry uh, was to help people understand who is God. Um, it is plain that he exists, but who is he? What is his character and nature? And uh, as we understand his character, we will understand every other doctrine of God. Um, first thing you study in theology proper is the incomprehensibility of God. That's a big word, but it's obvious meaning. However, he talks about how, uh, in a broader sense, incomprehensibility would mean something you simply can't comprehend, therefore you can know nothing about it, you can't comprehend it. But uh, in theology, it's more of a narrow term than it is in general. Um, so our knowledge of God, uh, it means our knowledge of God will be limited, uh, e even in glory, even in heaven, our knowledge of God will still be limited. We can never fully comprehend God, but we can have a meaningful understanding of God, just never an exhaustive understanding of God. Then he gets into some uh, big terms, some Latin and Greek terms as he goes through. Um, he comes across one term, uh, Finitum non capax infinitum. And if uh, we break this down, of course, you can probably see what part of that means. Uh, finite, uh, not, and then something inf infinite. And capax means to contain or grasp. So it means basically the finite can't contain or the finite can't grasp the infinite. Um God surpasses our ability to grasp him fully. So how can we have any meaningful knowledge of God? So God condescends, uh, or as uh, one reformer put it, he lisps for our benefit. That is, he, he addresses us in our own language. Um, and that in language is what we call anthropomorphic language. Um, and that, uh, that term, you're probably familiar with that one, but if you're not, you've got uh, anthropos, which is Greek for mankind, and then you've got morphology, which would be the study of forms or shapes. So anthropomorph anthropomorphic then would be in human form. So it's language that is in human form instead of godly language. Um, he gives some examples, like, uh, for example, in the Bible, uh, it says the earth is his footstool, or it talks about God's eyes, or his head, or his feet, or his hands, or his mouth. Uh, obviously, we know that God is not physical, so he doesn't have 
you know, feet and hands and eyes and mouth. But he uses this language for uh, for our benefit, for our understanding. Um, say, and it's the same for emotional language about God as well, not just physical language. Um, even theological language like omnipotent is still anthropomorphic uh, because we still understand the term based on our human experience. Uh, and this, in this case, all and power, so all powerful is still something, even though it's a theological term, it's still something we view it through our understanding of what all is and our, our understanding of what power is, uh, which is still a limited understanding compared to God. So all biblical language, basically, is anthropomorphic language. Uh, there are ways uh, we describe God, and then he gets into some terms for different ways to describe God. Uh, via negatoyonis, but it means way of negation, and it is what God isn't. So uh, we can give an example of infinite. So what does infinite mean? It means not finite. So it's a negation. God is not finite. Another example might be immutable. God is not changing. Uh, let's see, another, another term, via uh, immanentia, which is way of imminence. Uh, and he gives uh, examples of this. This is basically, you could say, uh, taking terms to to uh, a high or imminent extreme. So an example would be uh, omniscient, uh, meaning he's all-knowing, or omnipotent, he's all-powerful. Um, and then another uh, way of describing God is via affirmatus, which uh, is a way of affirmation. An example of that is uh, God is one, or he is holy, he is sovereign. We are affirming these things about God, about his character. Um, and then he further breaks it down as far as language goes. Uh, it talks about three kinds of language. One, um, univocal, or uh, also pronounced uh, univocal, but uh, it means something despite... It means same thing despite the object of description. So uh, you think of examples of that. Um, it, it, if the term is describing one thing and then it's describing something completely different, it still means the same thing no matter what it's describing. Um, so we must uh, deny when applying to God since God is never exactly the same as man. Um, so the, then he goes into the, the second uh, equivocal, uh, which means changes with the object of description. And uh, he gives kind of a funny example. He talks about the, the term uh, bald, and he says, you know, you could, um, I think he uses a play example, a review of a play or something, and, and calling bald in that, in that sense meaning lacking, you know, something missing, um, but not meaning it didn't have any hair. So obviously that term would be different depending on the object it's describing. And then thirdly, there's uh, analogical, which is somewhere in between the, uh, the two of those of the um, equivocal and uh, univocal. And it's based on proportion, uh, meaning changes in proportion to the object of the description. So uh, I give an example here, like um, you could say uh, a good dog versus a good man uh, versus a good god. 
That's all. We're saying good, 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 but obviously we mean very different things when we're talking about a good dog versus a good man, and we're talking about very different thing. We're talking about a good man versus a good God. Um, so uh, God made us in His image. So there is analogy between God and man, and uh, avenue of communication can therefore exist. That's how it kind of sums it all up. Okay, so let's go through our uh, our sheet together here. Our knowledge of God introduction. Though our knowledge of God is not comprehensive or exhaustive, still we may speak about Him in a true and meaningful way. God has spoken to us in terms we can understand that has made us in His image, enabling meaningful communication between God and us. Um, so an overview of the message. Uh, one of the purposes of ministry is to help people find out who God is. When people understand the character of God, they will begin to understand our doctrines of God. What is the first thing studied in theology proper? The first area of study is the incomprehensibility of God. Our knowledge of God is partial. We cannot, we cannot exhaustively comprehend God even in heaven. Uh, then three points here. One, the infinite cannot be contained, and we talked about that Latin term. Two, God lisps for our benefit. And three, anthropomorphic language is applied to normal descriptions and academic ones. Uh, when we speak about God, uh, in what ways? Uh, he is not like us and his creation. Uh, again, not, we talked about that, that via negativa, uh, negative language. He is not like us, only exalted. And then we talk about, talk about that, uh, eminence language. Three kinds of language are used to describe God. Uh, univocal means having only one meaning. It describes characteristics that we share with God. Equivocal means having two meanings. It describes a term with which radically changes its definition depending upon the one to whom it is referring. And analogical means likeness or similarity. It is language that is a representation based on proportion. The meaning changes in direct relationship to that which is described, and we talk about the example, good God versus good man and good God. My questions and answers, which uh, just is a helpful review. What does the doctrine of incomprehensibility of God mean? Our knowledge of God is partial and limited. What is the meaning of the phrase, finitum non capax infinita? The infinite cannot be contained. Because we deny any double standard, we must always affirm God's characteristics in their uni univocal sense. False. In what way do we speak when we acknowledge that God is like us, but infinitely above us? Analogically. Uh, what reformer likened God's interactions with his creatures to a lisp? And that would be John Calvin. Uh, what is the most common way in theology that we speak about or describe God? The most common way is via nicotinus, the negative language. Um, yeah, so we have some discussion questions too. Uh, but let's, let's pause and watch our video and then let's come back and we'll have our discussion and go through those questions.